It's possible the Mariners are done making big moves this winter, but we're going to keep Fan Fiction Friday going. Let's see what you guys came up with this week. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Friday, February 9th, 2024. This is Tiny Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. This is Fan Fiction Friday, the show where you submit your Mariners trade ideas and we read act to them and we're going to start here with connor it's a one for one with the detroit tigers pitcher alex fiedo for jonathan classe mm, not bad i'm not a huge classe fan uh to be honest so uh, i definitely don't mind giving him up um i don't know why what detroit's motivation is um unless they really like classe again and and he is kind of a polarizing prospect so you look at Classe, you're look, looking at probably 55, 60 raw power, 70 speed, but he's not a good center fielder. So he's probably a corner guy with below averaging game power and big time swing and miss. So he's going to be an interesting prospect. I think when you look at uh, Fiedo, it, it's an interesting arm, uh, you yeah. know, former first round pick, I believe. Uh and he's got a pretty good slider, which is something the Mariners, you know, like to try and mess with. But uh, the fastball has pretty much no value. It's a 92, 93 mile an hour fastball. Uh, so it's it's slider heavy. Now, the slider had a 41% whiff rate last year. The fastball had a 12% whiff rate. Mm. So this is pretty much a one pitch pitcher. And there's just not a lot of ceiling here. Um, so I'm not sure what the what the point is. Of, of him because I don't know if he is even going to make the team. Uh, so to me, like, is this, are you thinking maybe you can get him to start again or, or like, what's, what's the deal here? Because to me, this is just not enough upside to give up class a, uh, so it's fine, but it's doesn't really move the needle for me at all. I think the idea here is if you want to start Brian Wu out in double A and just let him kind of ease his way into things um, after, you know, blowing past his career high in innings last year, Fiedo could be a solid bridge to get you to Wu eventually at some point uh, down the road um, where it's not automatically Emerson Hancock is your number five there's obviously value in having someone like that. And we've talked about that idea in the past. And you've talked a lot about Michael Lorenzen over the last uh, couple of weeks uh, for pretty much that role. Um, but how valuable is that? And how valuable is Fiedo specifically filling that role for you? Is that worth class A? I'm not super high on class A either. Uh, I have concerns about the hit tool. Um, again, you know, despite his elite athleticism, he's not a good center fielder. 
Uh, so that caps his value a little bit as well for me. I, I wouldn't lose sleep over this. I'm not super excited to do it either, but if they did this, I would get it. So I think I'm like at a 50 on this. Yeah, just, you know, through 96 innings last year. So like, we really sure that he's going to give you more innings than Wu can or that he's even more stretched out than Wu is? I guess it's more just about giving you another option, right? But how, how how valuable is is getting another option? Not a clear fit at, at the number five, just another guy to kind of sift through. Is that worth Jonathan Glossy to you? To me, I'd honestly probably rather, and I don't know if the Mariners would do this because they still value club control, but like I would rather trade, if I'm going to trade Classe for that guy, I'm going to go get somebody like Adrian Hauser, who's like done it, like who's been like a 140, 150 inning guy. Um, you know, I'm going to go get somebody like that instead of Fieda, who maybe could do it, but maybe can't. And so I, I just, don't, I don't know if there's enough there, uh, for me to move Classe. Um, but yeah, if they did it, like, I'd be like, okay, like I, I could see the merit in it. So, uh, yeah, I think I would, I'd go 50. It's, it's fine. Like it, it's, it's mm-hmm. not exciting. Um, but it's certainly not a bad trade. And I could see why the Tigers would like Classe and want to take a sure. shot on him. Next trade here from Sean. Mariners receive Lane Thomas from the Nationals for Dominic Canzone. I don't think this is enough. I don't think the Nationals are doing this. They seem I think like they should. Yeah, I, I think they should consider it. I think it's a really interesting trade because it's it's club control, right? That's what's mm-hmm. the driving force of this trade here. Uh, it's two years of Thomas for six of Canzone. Um, you know, a lot of people believe in Dominic Canzone. Maybe the Nationals are one of those teams. I just. It seems like they're going to try and, and hold on to Thomas as long for as long as possible and maybe try and flip him at the deadline this year and, and try to get a bigger uh, return for him. Um, because I, I think they look at Thomas as as someone that they're going to try and sell as like an all-star caliber outfielder you know, to, to other teams, and they're going to want a package that reflects that. I don't think this package necessarily reflects that. I mean, it's not a package. It's just one player. But I don't know if Dominic Canzo necessarily reflects what they're going to be looking for for Lane Thomas. Yeah, there's also some performance risk with Lane Thomas. Last year was really the first year that he was a viable everyday type of Mm -hmm. player. Uh, In the past, he's just been kind of a lefty crusher. And it's like, you have that guy. You know, you you have the guy who's a part-time player, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to really believe that uh, Thomas is an everyday player like he was last year now. He has been once, which is one more time than Dom Canzone has, uh, but it's six years of Dom Canzone for two years of a guy who at the end of the day is probably, you know, at best Tommy Pham. Like I can mm. just go get Tommy Pham and keep Dom Canzone. Like I don't think Thomas brings anything to the table that the Mariners can't don't already have or can't go get. Um, unless you think that he is like a legit 125, 130 WRC plus everyday type of bat. And I don't, I don't think the Mariners do. And last I heard uh, this last summer, the asking price on on um, Thomas. Lane Thomas uh, is was it was pretty ridiculous. Um, I heard I heard somebody say that like it might might have cost the Mariners like woo, and that's obviously ridiculous. So right, uh, we'll have to see what the price is, but. I, I, I still like Thomas. I think he's a pretty good player and I think he can help you. But I think that the, I think the having Hanniger on this roster, I think the lack of ability to kind of get him DH at bats, um, I, I just, I don't see it. So unless you think that he's an everyday player, 
I don't think you make this deal. Like, why would you swap a potential everyday player for a proven part-time player? And I mean, not at six years to two years. So I I think it's an interesting idea, uh, certainly. And I I definitely understand the thought process behind it. But for me, I just, I don't think the Nationals would do this deal. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure the Mariners would either. Um, Yeah. So it's an interesting idea. The splits are not great for Thomas either. Uh, 153 WRC plus against lefties uh, this past year. 91 against righties. I mean, not useless, right? But below league average. Um, so, again, right. that that ties into what you're talking about is, is he actually an everyday player? Do you think he's an everyday player for you? Or is he someone that you're going to have to play the matchups with? And, again, while he's not useless against righties, uh, there's a pretty big disparity, though, between his production against lefties and righties so right and he's he's thomas is making a little bit of money so it's not like you're saving you know it's not like well he's making the minimum so i don't have to spend eight million dollars on tommy fam it's like okay well you're probably saving i don't know four million dollars um you know instead of signing fam but you also get to keep canzone so it's would you rather have thomas and four million dollars or canzone and and fam or duval or somebody like that so Interesting deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think either side's that interested in it, though. I got to give it a 45, 40, somewhere in that I'll range. give it a 40. Yeah, I'll yeah. give it a 40. Not, not bad. We'll go over a few more of your trades in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Ibotta. For many people, the new year means resolutions to save money. So stop shopping without getting anything in return. Start getting cash back on every purchase you make with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $145 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million savers and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the promo code LOCKEDONMLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Day is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Before we get back into your trades here on Fan Fiction Friday, Colby, is there something uh, you want to talk about? So um, yesterday, I believe it was, we surpassed the 10.7K mark on YouTube. Uh, you know, we, we've seen some pretty fast growth this last month, thanks mostly to the Mariners doing things. Um, but we still have some goals, and, and now they seem pretty attainable. So 
uh, I think we're getting ready to uh, gear up and do a little bit of a giveaway sometime next week. So stay tuned. Um, it's I think Ty and I haven't nailed down all the details here yet, but I think it's going to be a little bit different. I think we're giving away maybe not as many pri- maybe not as many prizes to as many people, but we're giving away a bigger prize, and you guys are going to play a role in determining how substantial the prize is. So hmm. we'll give you the details sometime next week, but uh, yeah, stay tuned on Monday. We'll probably announce uh, our next giveaway Monday or Tuesday of next week. So uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. Quinn has a trade here. Uh, it's with the Marlins and it's with uh, a favorite target of yours, Colby. Jesus Sanchez for Jonathan Classe and Michael Morales. Man, you guys really want to trade Jonathan Classe today. What did Jonathan Classe do to you guys? All right. What do you, what do you think, Colby? Uh, this was Quint. Who who sent this? Quinn. Yeah. Quinn. Quinn knows ball. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, interesting trade. Sanchez, um, if I'm remembering correctly, is super two. So you get him for four more years. Okay. Um, which makes me think that maybe this deal isn't enough. Sanchez is a guy right. who uh hits the ball very, very hard, which we know the Mariners like. Uh, he's got left-handed pull power, which fits well at T-Mobile Park. He also has some some pop to the opposite field, so it's not just a dead dead pull profile. Um, you know, pretty good athlete. He'll he'll be fine in the outfield. And he won't absolutely murder you. Um, that's probably got us demonetized. So uh, <laughs> he's a good player uh, who kind of had a breakout year. Brant Brown is here. Maybe he thinks that 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 is something that can continue. But for all those reasons, because he's cheap, because he's controllable, like what's it, what incentive do the Marlins have to trade him? Probably not for for Classe, right? Um, so right. the Marlins are having a weird off season. They haven't done anything. <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't think that's. I, I literally think they haven't done any zero major moves uh, this winter that come to mind. So, do you think yeah, it could legitimately legitimately cost Terry Ford? for sanchez yeah they could ask but like if if that's the ask i'm going like okay well i assume then you're giving us tanner scott and and uh yeah tanner scott and and uh rogers on top of sanchez but yeah i I think they might ask uh sanchez is a guy who's like pre-breakout but he kind of did a half breakout like he's a guy who could really pop he was a one ten uh, WRC plus guy this yeah. past year. He's a guy. One hundred twenty five games played too, like mm-hmm. substantial sample size. Right. So he's also only I think twenty six. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's an interesting player. Uh, one point seven WAR and three hundred sixty plate appearances. Like he's two and a half three one player. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you do get him for four years. So yeah. I just don't think this is enough. I, I think no, I don't think so either. I honestly think that Harry Ford would be a fair ask. Maybe a bit steep, but if it's like Sanchez and like a bullpen arm that could help them, sure. Yeah. Um, could it be? Yeah, I think this is maybe not Tanner. Got. Maybe not Tanner Scott, but JT Chargois. I mean, maybe like, maybe like Sanchez Chargois and like a decent prospect or something like that. Sure. Um, for Ford, but yeah, I think they'd ask a little bit more than this. Or honestly, a lot more than this. I, I just don't know how much value Morales has in, in trade talks right now. And yeah. Classe, it's really hard to nail down the value because it does seem like there are teams out there who really like Classe. 
there are scouts mm-hmm. out there who really like Classe, and there are just as many who don't know if he's even a big leaguer. So this is a really right. tough guy to to evaluate. So um, I think Classe is a big leaguer. I think it's just more like is he actually an everyday player is he more of a utility and not utility in terms of defensive versatility just like is he a guy that's more of a defensive replacement guy that you put on the base pass late in games and you know in hopes of getting a stolen base or two like is that kind of what his role is or is he actually going to be able to hit well that's the thing is that the strikeouts are are so extreme at least they were last year that you know there's a chance that he just can't hit enough to to have a regular or even a you know, semi-regular career in the big leagues. Right. You have to hit something. So uh, the good news is for class A fans is that he's still quite young. So there might honestly be very little incentive for the Mariners to trade class A this winter, because if he comes out and he shows improvement, you know, in the minors this year, then he might be worth more in July. So, right. Yeah. We'll see. I, I like the Sanchez idea. Um, I just, I don't know how the Marlins are going to uh, value, um, Class A, so it makes it, it just makes it really hard to grade any of these Class A trades. So I would say, like, Sanchez is a really good target. Yeah. I think it costs semi significantly more than this. Like, I, I think you're probably trading somebody in the top. 10. Like, maybe this costs you Locklear yeah. and maybe and like Jeter Martinez or something like that. Right. So uh, I'll give it a forty. I, I like the idea. I just think uh, I just think the valuation's a little bit off, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'll go thirty-five or forty on this. Yeah. Next trade here from Mudcat Grant, Devin Williams for Marcelo Perez, Dylan Moore, Axel Sanchez, and Ben Williamson. 20. Uh, yeah, that's not enough. There isn't a guy there. There isn't a headliner there. It's just a right. bunch of bulk, uh, back it's end like, of the farm bulk. Yeah, that's like a lot of guys ranked in the 20 to 35 range in the Mariners yeah. system for the best reliever in baseball or one of them. Yeah. No chance. It's yeah. costing you Harry Ford. It's costing you Young. Especially um, for two years of Devin Williams. Right. It's going to cost you more than Santos. And this is honestly significantly less than you gave up for Santos. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, for Devin Williams, you're giving up a top five prospect at least. Um, heck, the Brewers might even ask for Brian Wu like, and be well within their rights to do so. So, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Devin Williams is a fun idea that Ty and I have kind of kicked around, but again, it's like Ford, Locklear, yeah, and then a couple lottery tickets, something like that. I bet. Yeah, maybe Canzone. I think Canzone yeah. makes some sense for them. Maybe twenty-five. Yeah, it's just it's. Not, I don't even know if it's a conversational starter. It's not. All right, we got a couple more of your trades coming up here in just a moment. But first, a reminder: this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I'm sure a lot of us Seahawks fans are going to be hate-watching the 49ers and cheering on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but the only thing I would love more than seeing the 49ers go home crying is winning some cold, hard cash on FanDuel. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W, or two, or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. 
New customers can join today and get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Fan Fiction Friday. we got a couple more trades to go over. We're going to look at Udonis's trade here. Tyler McGill for Walter Ford, Ty Adcock, and Axel Sanchez. I think this is fine. Mm-hmm. And a, a similar idea to the Fiedo thing where it's, you know, getting another option to throw in there for the number five mix. If you don't want to start Brian Wu out at the major league level right away. And I think that's a, I think that's fair comp for, for McGill. Yeah, who's um, probably not going to make the Mets roster. The Mets are definitely a team to watch uh, this spring, uh, particularly on the starting pitching front, because they also have, Adrian Hauser and, and David Peterson and Joey yeah. Lucchese, like these are all guys that make some sense for the Mariners. And, you know, obviously the price is all varying on these guys, but uh, it's funny. I, I actually looked at uh, Miguel last night uh, and threw it in the, uh, the Slack channel um, as somebody that I would watch because there's some interesting things and somebody, uh, so I, I looked at a stack cast page and Ty, you might be surprised to know this. Uh, Tyler McGill has excellent extension. 99th percentile you're, so, you're an extension guy this offseason apparently apparently yeah. so uh but he also you know good slider last year but the fastball really took a step back but interestingly enough the previous two years his four seamer was running like a 27 to 29 percent whiff rate that's mm. really good for a four yeah. seam fastball uh and the slider was so he does have you know potentially two you know plus pitches at least two plus plus pitch shapes and mm. uh you know just wasn't very good last year. He wasn't awful, but he wasn't very good. Uh, so yeah, he might be a guy who the Mets look at and say, mm, we can, we have this guy and we can probably do a little bit better. Um, or we can trade this guy and get better somewhere else. So, uh, or maybe they just want the 40 man spot. Who knows? The Mets are definitely a team to watch, uh, this spring because they could be one of the teams that's like, Hey, you know what? Jordan Montgomery's floating around out here. Let's just go sign Jordan Montgomery. Why not? Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think maybe it costs a little bit more. What was the package again exactly, Ty? Let's pull it up here. Tyler McGill for Walter Ford, Ty Adcock, and Axel Sanchez. Probably need something a little better than Adcock, uh, but I like that you're kind of going with bulk upside on this, but with the ceiling or with the floor of like flames out in double A. Mm-hmm. So I think that's about right. Um, I think it's probably something like Ford. Maybe it's like Ford and Ashton Izzy. And then maybe like Axel Sanchez, something like that. Um, Or it's a little bit, it's like Sanchez and, you know, I mean, honestly, this is, this is where a spot like uh, for Jonathan Klasse might make sense. So yeah, yeah, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Interesting arm. Uh, I I, I would say 60. Oh, wow. Okay. I was going to say 50, but we could tie the big spender over here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea. Uh, I honestly, I don't have a good feel for the cost though, but do watch the Mets this, this spring because they're going to have probably two or three guys that are going to look pretty appealing to the Mariners as their number five starter. If they want to push Wu down to the minors. Last trade here from Daisy and the Dingo, Graham Pauly 
for Gabe Spire, Graham Pauly, for those that don't know, third base prospect in the Padres system. What do you think? What's the point for the Padres? Now, do the Padres think they can contend this year? Maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. Uh, and I think they probably could for a wild card. Some things have to break their way, but they've lost a lot of talent. And yet they still pretty talented team. I think they're I think they'll be in the wild card mix. So maybe is Spire enough to give up Pauly, who's just been crushing it in in the minors this year and is probably within, you know, six to twelve months of of you know being big league ready. Probably not. I don't think so, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. And from the Mariner side of things, you want to give away more from your bullpen to get a player who might help you in six to 12 months. What's the incentive there? Like, I, I, I understand that the Mariners feel like they have, uh, you know, really fortified the bullpen and in a lot of ways they have. And I understand that they think they've done a good job of kind of building the middle of that bullpen. And in a lot of ways they have, they have a lot of options for the middle, you know, middle inning type of guys. But interestingly enough, the Mariners seem to think of Gabe Spire as more of a higher leverage guy, uh, particularly against lefties. So if that's the case, like how do they replace that role without spending significant money? Cause they don't have money. Well, you guys know the caveats by now. Right. So, I don't know if this makes sense for the Padres. I don't know if this yeah. makes sense for the Mariners. If you just look at these two in a vacuum, kind of a lottery ticket, bat only third base type who's put up really good numbers versus a controllable, solid reliever with good stuff, swing and miss stuff. Makes sense. But mm-hmm. when you add the teams into it, like what's the incentive for the Mariners to trade their best left-handed reliever, like by far? And one that they apparently consider to be part of the high leverage mix, according to Hollander. Well, what's the, the thing too? Of- well, and and with Polly, it's like he only has twenty games at Double A. Yeah, right. It's like, is he even going to be a factor in twenty twenty four? If I'm the Mariners, why? I mean, it's it's in a vacuum, really good value for the Mariners trading a mid leverage reliever, you know, for potentially a, an everyday bat. Uh, that could impact you in, in at least 2025 or at least starting in 2025. But why do this now? Yeah, it's just, it's bad timing. Like yeah. you get into July and you're out of it and the Padres are in it. Revisit this. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I don't see the point uh, for the Mariners. Uh, yeah. And like I said, even for the Padres, it's pretty, yeah. Well, like, is that even enough for them to? Because it's not like they. It's not like they have a um a log jam right now that they need to address. It's not like Paulie is like taking up a spot on their forty man at the moment, and they have right. to get rid of that spot. There really is no reason for them to trade Paulie, and I don't think Spire is. You know, all due respect to Gabe Spire, but like I don't know if a mid leverage reliever, like I said, is worth them trading someone like Paulie for right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spire might be a guy who's worth a lot more in July than he yeah. is right now uh, because he was good last year. I don't think yeah, anybody, he was yeah. one of the better lefty was. relievers in all in all of baseball. Yeah, like yeah. he was very good, but yeah. he did it once. Like he's done it once in his career. He's still just a reliever, you know. Uh, so 
you have to be careful when trading for guys like this. I mean, 64 strikeouts and 54 innings is good. It's not elite. It's not great, but it's good, you know, and he didn't walk guys. And so the Mariners trust him. Like there are teams out there who would love to have Gabe Spire and add him to the middle of their bullpen. Are the Padres one of them? And are they doing it for Pauly? I don't think so. And again, I don't think the Mariners can actually replace what Spire brings to the table right now based on what they have on hand. So you kind of have to go out and replace Spire now to add a guy to double A who you hope might be able to impact you later this year, but probably not until next year. Yeah. It just doesn't make a ton of sense. All right, that is going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Ty Dane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Ty Dane Gonzalez and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.